This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Science Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a privilege being together with you. And if you've been with us earlier this week, you know we're talking about one word that seems to be overlooked when we read the scriptures. And that word is nevertheless. And we see the Greek and Hebrew definition of that word are despite. And in many versions, instead of saying nevertheless, they're translated into but or yet. But it's a very powerful word. And as you shared earlier this week, Junie, a classic example is Jesus's crucifixion. To our Jewish people, their hope was shattered. The disciples couldn't understand it because they saw by the natural eye. Yet, nevertheless, God had intention far beyond what we could understand. And it was demonstrated by his ultimate resurrection. And throughout the course of this week, Junie, we're going to show that we, according to 2 Peter 1, 4, are participators, are partakers of the divine nature of God. And part of God's nature is this mentality of nevertheless, which is a powerful word because his ways and thoughts are higher than ours and he wants us to understand his ways and thoughts. And part of that is by seeing and understanding that word nevertheless. And the scriptures that give us instruction that would have to do with denying ourselves, taking up the cross and following him, brings death to us, which could be depressing. Hallelujah, yes. Nevertheless, when our eyes are open, that very practice of following the Lord, what precedes the resurrection is death. Yes. And so we look for eternal things in and through our temporal life. Thank you, Lord. Because when we're born again, we have the eternal resurrected life of the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the Son of God, living alive yes, in us. While you were speaking, Judah, it made me think of Ephesians 2. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And now we've been made alive spiritually. Well, Jesus was dead and buried physically, but he was resurrected physically. He was resurrected physically. And we have that to look forward to because he was our first fruits and we're going to be the first fruits of his resurrection. But frankly, Junie, 
I think we'd agree, I think most people who hear us now will believe it too, that we, do, we try to shy away from death to self, but that is the only method for resurrection. And we need to keep in mind that we participate in the nature of God, and part of that nature is nevertheless. We shared out of Nehemiah 9 that despite the rebellion of God, uh, despite the people's rebe- rebellion and uh, against disobedience God. against God, God's word says in Nehemiah 9 through Nehemiah, obviously in verse 31, in thy great compassion, thou did not make an end of them or forsake them for thou art a gracious and compassionate God. And I think we've all had life experiences when we did not get what we deserve naturally because God is full of mercy and compassion and that is not an excuse to uh, plead for God's tolerance, but God is tolerant in that sense because he wants us to come to repentance. Hallelujah. And let us not be deceived because judgment doesn't come from God quickly because he is compassion and gives us um, a place to turn back to him. But let us not be deceived to think that we will get away with lying or stealing or sex perversion or things that are against the Lord. He loves us. He wants to deliver us and he wants to save us. And he wants us to turn to him, Shelley, and he will give us life and forgiveness. Let's get another example, Junie. Let's, if you have your Bibles, Turn with us to Judges chapter 2. Judges 2, I want to read from verses 11 to 16. Judges chapter 2, verse 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. You think by everything said so far, written so far, God is finished with them. But verse 16 in chapter 2 of Judges, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. What do you do with a God like this? You love him, you serve him, and you, you begin to want to be just like him because we were created in his image. When we should have been destroyed, each of us, God would say, Nevertheless. Junie, there's a a great portion of scriptures. I'm referring to Psalm 106. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Psalm 106. And I'd like to read a portion of the scripture there. Psalm 106, I'm beginning at verse 1. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord or who can show forth all his praise? How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all times. 
Remember me, O Lord, in thy favor toward thy people. Visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the prosperity of thy chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thy inheritance. We have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand thy wonders. They did not remember thine abundant kindnesses, but rebelled by the sea at the, at the Red Sea. Again, terrible condition of our people, but which is a picture that the church has followed in the same pattern. We rebel against the Lord. So you think God would cut them off entirely? Praise God. You know what follows verse 7, Juni? Verse 8. Listen to it. Nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name, that he might make his power known. Juni, God's nature is to say, nevertheless, not to excuse us, but God has intention far and away above what we think or what we see. Again, and when we go on, it says he saved them for the sake of his name that he might make his power known. Let's go on further in, in Psalm 106. What am I looking for? Um, verse 39, stay with me. Verse 39 in Psalm 106. Thus they became unclean in their practices and played the harlot in their deeds. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people and he abhorred, he abhorred his inheritance. Then he gave them into the hand of the nations, and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them. They were subdued under their power. Many times he would deliver them. They, however, were rebellious in their counsel, and so sank down into their iniquity. Again, God, why aren't you just through this people? But verse 44, nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry, and he remembered his covenant for their sake and relented according to the greatness of his loving kindness. Junie, this is so much part of God's nature, not giving, making excuses, but there's something greater, and that is his love, compassion, and the desire that we repent from failing to live the way he chooses us to live. And, you know, there's been false teaching, Shelley, that the church is the new Israel of God because of the very scriptures you were reading. But the truth of the matter is, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the Jews that have accepted Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God and the Savior of the world in the church age, and the Gentiles who have come to the knowledge of Jesus being the Son of God, King of the Jews, and the Savior of the world, actually come into the Jesus. promises yes, of Lord. the commonwealth of Israel. Hallelujah. So why is this important, Shelley? Because the same thing that was required of Israel yes, as a nation is required of the Ecclesia, Amen. every one of us Amen. as the church, to do what's right, to live uprightly, and to live holy lives, because the Holy One lives in Thank us. You, Nevertheless, Amen. our flesh opposes that, Shelley. Yes. Everything in our soul opposes that, what we think, what we feel. That's why we need to be transformed and have the mind of Christ, because our mind is carnal. 
It's temporal, yes. but the Lord's purposes are eternal. Nevertheless, Shelley, without yielding to him, we'll never know that You're individually. Right on. right on, Junie. Preach it, sister. A uh, quick example of how it should affect us. I think we know, we're pretty familiar with the story of Jonah, how he didn't uh, go to Nineveh under God's instruction. And what happens? He finds himself in the belly of a big fish. So there he was in that condition. And he says, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried for help from the depths of Sheol. Thou didst hear my voice for thou hast cast me into the deep. So in that condition, Junie, listen to this, verse four. This is Jonah speaking. So I said, I have been expelled from thy sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward thy holy temple. Again, in that condition, Jonah was able to say, nevertheless, I will look above. And what's verse 10? God spit him out. It says, then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land and he went to Nineveh and there was a revival. He said, nevertheless. What's important, Shelley, was the verse before it. Jonah remembered the Lord. Hallelujah. And that salvation was of God. May we remember the Lord and remember his eternal perspective, which includes the nevertheless about conditions that we see by the natural eye. Father, we love you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, Shelley and June Volk. Dot com. That's Shelley and Junevolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. <laughs>